I don't care what the world says. I don't care what they think. I'm telling you that our God is alive, and he has come to save your soul, to save your soul. And I hope that you understand that, and I hope that you get that this morning, the reason for Easter. Easter is a Christian celebration of the resurrection of Christ. That's the way it is. That's just simple. It's been that way for 2,000 years. It's going to remain that way whether they take every cross down or every Ten Commandment off the wall. The resurrection is simply the rising of Christ from the dead. And we take this day and we celebrate that to proclaim and to tell everybody. Adrian, will you take us before the Lord, please? Amen. Thank you, Dre. You may be seated. Happy Easter to every one of you. <clears throat> you know, America is being one of the most blessed nations of all, still even to this day, the most prosperous. If you've done any traveling or even missionary work, it doesn't take long for you to realize how blessed America is. People living out of the uh, boxes that we ship toilet paper to the different stores. They make homes out of those and live into them. But you know what? I am so heavy-hearted for Americans, especially any American younger than me. I'll be 65 in July. You have been fed a lie. You have been told a lie long enough that majority of Americans are now believing it. Uh, the Word of God is now looked down on in our nation. Uh, churches are closing about 1,000 a month. Uh, the cross is being removed. The Ten Commandments are not allowed to be seen. Shirts aren't even allowed to be worn. And so we have produced thousands and millions of Americans who have been robbed of the truth. You have. You've been robbed of the truth. Because our Jesus is alive and he still saves to this day. Now you might think that is foolish because you've lived and swallowed a lie for so long. But this is the truth center this morning. You will receive truth this morning. And I pray that you will listen with all intent. Because I might never see you again. I know how Easter works in America. I know what we do and how we think people, how we are, how we react when we're moved to go to church. And so uh, this morning I have a message for those who aren't quite sure about this. And then the second part, it's not going to be that long. The second part is for the church. For us, for you and I who believe. Now, it simply states this in the Word of God. And you can study and you can go back in history and, and trace the Word of God and see how true it is. See how it has never changed, how true it is to this day. It's still the most sold book. Check it out in history. 
This is not some fairy tale that I'm trying to sell. Your eternal soul is in the balance in what I'm telling you this morning. So you need to truly listen. It says this in Romans. It says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, that was from Adam's disobedience, from Adam's rebellion in garden. And because of that, it says, death came because of sin. And then because of that, even worse, it says, death has now passed upon all men. All men. All that have gone before me and all those that are after me. All my children. Death has been passed on to them. And now my grandchildren. This is what the Word of God says. Because it goes on and says, for all have sinned. Every one of us has. So death entered the world and spread to all men as a result of Adam's sin. God promised Adam in the day that you eat or in the day that you disobey me, sin will come. Death from sin. And it happened. He didn't care and he did it. Okay? And there is a big move to squash the truth in America and has been for a long time to squash the truth. So the principle of death was introduced into the world when Adam sinned. And it has reigned on the earth ever since. Death rules. Which one of you aren't going to die? Who has achieved victory over death this morning? Which one of you? It's insane to try to do away with Easter. When you really look at the gravity and what God has done for you and I. So we see now death is now reigning and ruling in America, in a world. Hebrews 9, 27 says this, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after the judgment, not that's it, I'm not just going back to dust and oh well, I guess I float around, I don't exist, I don't know what happens. No, there's a judgment after this goes back to dust. The key in Hebrews is God is being so honest and so truthful with you because He loves you. He tells you about all this stuff that's coming so that you will alter your life that you have here on earth, which is just a vapor. That word appointment means just as if you call the doctor and you make a 10 o'clock appointment or a hairdresser or whatever, you have an appointment. And God is saying you and I have an appointment with death means to be reserved for one awaiting him. Death is awaiting me. Psalms 89, 48. Listen to the truth given to you by God. Does someone really cares? I mean, how many times do you go places and you've been lied to? Whether it's a house you bought, the biggest investment never leaks a drop and the rain comes and your basement floods. People lie. Oh, this old granny had this car and drove it to church only on Sunday. And it's a piece of junk because everyone lies. Except God tells you the truth. And he says to you in Psalms 89, he says, What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could. But I cannot. I cannot. New Living Translation, same verse, says this. No one can live forever. All will die. No one escapes the power of the grave. No one, absolutely no one. 
So there, if there was never an Easter, you and I would be in big trouble this morning. Terrible, horrendous trouble. If death is just lurching and waiting for every one of us, and we know that death has nothing to do with age. And I've done funerals of infants that were born hours. Done them weeks, months, two years old, and six years old. It has nothing to do with age. Now listen, 1 Corinthians 15, this is truth. You're getting truth today. Whether you like it or not, it's truth. New Living Translation says this. God is so awesome how he spells out the truth. For if there is no resurrection of the dead, no Easter, like your America wants it, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. It's a big lie. And if Christ has not raised, then all our preaching is useless. What I'm doing now is useless. Because you're going to die anyway, damned, lost. All our preaching is useless, and your trust in God is useless. Verse 15 says, And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead, no Easter. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you are still under condemnation for your sins. You still have an appointment with death, and you're going to be damned with no Easter if America gets its way. And you swallow that. Oh, I can't remember the movie. Matrix. Remember the dude standing there? Red pill, blue pill. Red one, this is the truth. If you swallow it, blue one, you go back and wake up in your little fantasy world. Where are, this is where you are this morning. Which pill are you going to swallow this morning? Verse 18 says, In that case, all who have died believing in Christ have perished. You wasted your life, Lenny, believing. No resurrection. Verse 19 says, If we have hope in Christ only for this life, we are the most miserable people in the world. You see how honest God is in laying it right out for you. Red pill, blue pill. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He has become the first of a great harvest of those who will be raised to life again. Me. I'm going to be part of this harvest. I don't care what they say to me. I'm going to be part of this harvest. So then he goes on and says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Christ. This is truth. Something you don't hear in the airways. Verse 22 says, Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam. You have been told such huge lies. What's it matter if you're black or white, yellow, brown, red? You're all related to Adam. Just another device to separate us, to hate each other, 
to swallow the blue pill again instead of the truth. Oh, the enemy's done a good job. Everyone dies, verse 22, because all of us are related to Adam, the first man. But all who are related to Christ, the other man, will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised first. Then, when Christ comes back, all his people will be raised. This is the order, the divine order that God has given us. After that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God, the Father, having put down all enemies of every kind. Now listen to this truth. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Your appointment with death. That one says, I'll des- God said, I'll destroy this. And he's done it for you. But you've been sold such a yarn. You're going, You look it up in history. You can Google anything in the world. Now, Google it. Look it up. Investigate. Dive in and find out about the truth of the Bible. Can you see how important the truth of the resurrection is? Can you see why there's been a, uh, hundreds of lies told against the Word of God? Because the truth is there is a devil, and he hates your guts, and he wants you damned eternally. Not just a drunk, not just an addict, not just full of self-righteousness. He wants you damned. I take that as an amen. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. This one little sister's got it right. This is truth. This is the absolute truth. If you do not believe that Jesus rose really from the dead, in his resurrected body, the way the Bible declares it and claims it, you have no right to call yourself a Christian. You have no right. This is the essential doctrine of the Christian faith. Easter destroyed death for you and me. Destroyed it. And now it's there. Now the red pill has been given. But you have to choose. You can believe the lie that you've been given for hundreds of years now. Do you understand? I know we have many visitors. Do you understand that in the schools that you send your kid, the only textbook years ago was the Word of God? The only book. Not get your reading book, get your spelling book, get your whatever book. It was just this. Till we have gone to what? It's the only book not allowed in school. Oh, my gosh. For all those cute little kids out there, you better swallow the red pill. You better swallow the truth and let your children know the truth. You, from your home, from your own lips, because no one else will. There's coming a day. Listen to me. I don't know if it's going to be in my lifetime. There's coming a day where they're going to shut the mouths of the pulpits. They're going to stop the mouse. They're going to say, that's hate speech. That's wrong. That's not politically correct. You can't talk like that. It's coming. There's coming that day. Now, you happen to be here this Easter still under that somewhat protection we have to hear the truth and to accept it. But you have to.
Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Death to now me. I don't know what death's going to be like. I, I just don't know. I'm not really happy about that part we're actually dying, but death is actually in reality the doorway to eternal bliss for me. It's an eternal glory. I'll see Christ face to face. I won't be old. My back won't hurt anymore. I won't have sicknesses. I won't have tears. I won't have heartaches. I won't have worries. It'll be absolutely awesome. And God says, that's why I've come. And that's why he said, to tell you he's alive. Don't believe the lies of this world. The America that you have are now in. It's, it's fallen. It's fallen from the graces of God. It's turned its back on God. I don't know why, but it has. How sad it is. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept, which means death. He's the first fruit. He's the first one that took the gravestone and went, nope, and pulled it away. He's the first one that did that. That's what this scripture is telling me. For since by man came death, so it says by man came also the resurrection of the dead. And here's something cool. Listen to that word, first fruits. The Greek form of that word also means entrance fee. Entrance fee. That means that the resurrection of Christ is the first fruits of our resurrection in the sense that he is our entrance fee. If you go to the throne or gate, I don't know what it's going to be like, the heaven and the blood on, on your heart applied by faith in Christ's death and burial and resurrection is your entrance fee. You don't have that, you're not entering. It's your entrance fee. He had to be the first fruits, the first one to do this. That's why he came and he died and rose again. That's why it proclaims in John 11. It says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am. He didn't say me and somebody else. He said, I am. I am the door. I am the entrance fee. I am the gate. It's me. I am. And that's the truth this morning. Forget about being politically correct. Be eternally correct. Biblically correct. Spiritually correct. Jesus said, I am the door. He didn't say me and this guy. He said, I am. I am. 1 Corinthians 15, 25 says, For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And that last enemy to be destroyed is death. That appointment that you have. You understand what that means? You might and will die physically, but when you take that last breath, your first eternal breath comes. I mean, we were talking about, been in this a long time, and the various people that have died, not all of them, but a lot of them, 
a lot of them were getting visions from God, from heaven. One was just saying the other day, a person was saying, please let go of my hand. I see my chariot coming. My chariot's coming. When I let go of her hand, she died, took her last breath. People see these kind of things. They're documented. God comes to his people at that time. This is just absolutely wonderful news. This is great news. Death has been defeated. It's the enemy because of the work of Christ, the enemy that will one day be destroyed, and therefore we don't have to fear death because of Easter, because of what they want to take away. And they're not only happy with that, they want to get rid of him coming as a babe. Forget that. No more Christmas breaks, it's winter break. No more Christmas trees, what do they call them? Holiday trees. I know. I wish we could punch them all in the mouth. I'm sure God wouldn't be happy with that. But look, wouldn't you want, I mean, when you start really realizing what they're attempting to rob you of, how they're attempting to damn your soul, your children's soul, your grandchildren's soul. Man, why, they ought to get one. They ought to get one, a big one from God. God, anoint this. Oh, yeah. You're right. That day is coming. And it's not going to come for me, but God's going to say, you know what, I've had enough. And God's going to roll up his sleeves. And he's going to shake, not only America, he's going to shake this whole world. He's going to shake heaven and earth. So glory. Now, listen to this. How awesome is this? Historians wrote this. Not just biblical people trying to fake you out. Historians wrote this. In Matthew 27, Christ dies, raises from the dead does his wonderful work of redemption in the local graveyard, starts to open up. It says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. <laughs> what? How awesome would that be? I mean, how awesome would it be? They just walked in and said, Hey, hi, Lenny. And Lenny's going, We, we just buried you two years ago. That is how powerful this resurrection is. The death and grave can't hold you. It can't. The, the chains break off. Up come the dead. And even a type of the resurrection, the local graveyard, when Christ died and rose again, so did they. And they walked around and said, Hey, I've come to tell you he's alive. No. Oh, wouldn't that freak you out? How awesome would that be? You know what, really, seriously, the most awesome place is not going to be in church when God cracks that sky. It's going to be in the graveyard. It's going to be in a graveyard, and you start seeing a lot of them. A lot of them won't move, but a lot of those graves, headstones going to pop, and pop, they're going to come. They're going to be saints. That's just what God, he's doing. he uses all this to declare his truth to you and I. It's, it's insane. God, if you just serve God and obey God, your life would be so much 
straighter, holier, and godly and correct. What a sight that must have been. Oh my gosh, for the graves and the dead and the people. I was thinking about, I was thinking about Ron Holscher. Who remembers Ron Holscher? Oh, would it be awesome to be by his grave. I don't know how Ron used to dance, but I'll bet you he would just, he'd come up out of that grave. There ain't no grave, right? How about Doris Do? Oh my gosh, who remembers Doris Do? Gracie Gates, Larry Gregg, Bob Monette. Oh my gosh, all these wonderful people. My dad. Gee, man, a Christmas. What a tremendous thing. How could you sit there and say, no, I don't want that. Oh, you need your head x-rayed. Something. You need something x-rayed. You just do. Now, look, here's how, how we're going to do this. I'm not done. We don't have church tonight, so you don't have to come back. I want the choir to come back up. All that's saying, come up. We're going to sing that last song again. Do, do the words go on the screens when we sing? Absolutely. Great. And I want the choir, I, I know we've got to follow certain beats and all that stuff, but belt this song out. I've come to tell you he's alive. And as they come, we're going to, that first part right now up to the choir coming was for our guests and maybe those who are just not quite sure about Easter and Christianity in America because of all the blue pills that have been stuffed down your throat over the years from school and college and work and uh, media. But now as they come, I want to switch it to the church. Those of you who really believe, I need your good ear. Because here's the travesty of it all. The travesty is not so much that America has turned and multitudes of millions now don't care. The travesty is, it's the church. It's not saying anything, not witnessing, not being the light that God has called us to be. This great information, this great truth, and we're not saying a word. Guilty. It's true. In the Western Hemisphere, Canada, United States, Mexico, Christianity is going down on a skid. Where they're being hunted down and shot for their faith, Christianity is growing. Maybe, maybe we're in a spiritual recession. You know, the big news, the economy, all them yahoos try to tell you how to live. And a recession is this. It's a slowdown. Maybe we're just in a slowdown. It says it generally occurs when there is a widespread drop in spending. Then a recession hits. A widespread drop in spending. First scripture I thought of was this. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, Paul said, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love, the less I be loved. Leave that scripture up for a minute. So what's the word? What's the most important word? Well, spend and be spent. Yeah, 
Exactly. The word is gladly. I will gladly pay the price. I will gladly suffer the shame. I will gladly take on mocking to be spent and spend myself to spread the gospel for you. Oh, we're in a spiritual recession. Who's doing that here? You see how far we've fallen. The key word is not spend and spent. No, it's gladly. Actually, in the original, it's called most gladly. I will most gladly. Oh, oh, pick me, pick me. I'll pay the price. Pick me. We panic when we see the nursery leader walking towards us, thinking, oh, no, she's going to send me to the nursery. Don't we? We do. Do you see the different mindset? The first part of our, if you're visiting, and I know about church and Easter, and you might think I'm crazy. I'm telling you the truth. I'm giving you the truth, the red pill. And you will not get anywhere outside of a true church. And they're still sprinkled about. But now we're talking to the church. And we're not in a spiritual recession. What? I know, I know, no, we're not having people spend and be spent. I understand that. But what's worse than a recession? A depression. We're in a spiritual depression. That's what we're in. That word, depression, you know, the, the economist, it's a sustained, long-term downturn in ec economic activity in one or more areas. Everything's going. They call that a depression. And that's what we are in a spiritual depression. Church. And here's why. Here's everything that's going. Number one, witnessing. Hardly anybody witnesses anymore. It's truth. So that's one of the uh, economical rules that we'll use, guidelines. One. Two, prayer. Prayer. Hardly anybody wants to pray or come to another day of prayer. If we call for a prayer. Three. Reading of the Word of God. It's another indicator. We're in a depression. It says only 2% of Christians read. Four, church commitment. No one wants to come to the house of God anymore. Or if you do, i got to give you a cup of coffee. And a cookie. Number five, discipling. Who are you discipling? Who have you found on the roadside and said, Brother, let me help you. You pour in the oil and the wine and bandage him. And as he's limping, you're taking him. You're paying the price. You're meeting with him and say, you've got to come to church. If you don't have a car, I'll come get you. I'm telling you, you've got to hear the message of Christ. You've got to serve. Who's discipling? We are in a depression, Lenny. A deep depression. The song says, 
that you're supposed to sing heartily to God is, I've come to tell you he's alive. He's alive. And that's not just a cute Easter song. That has to be a life. That's what we're here for. Now, I know us Americans. We're like, you're, you're crazy, dude, aren't you? But here's what God has told us. He said, you tell them I'm alive, and you tell them I save. I save people. Tell them that. And the Lord also has told us to you go out and you compel them to. You compel them to come in. You don't take one little scary folk, would you like, no. And you never, you compel them. You pray, you cry out to God for them. You compel them to come in. You tell them. You speak the word of life into them. You witness to them. You pray for them. Oh. I also know that you cannot do this on your own strength. I also know that all this stuff that I'm mentioning us makes us very uncomfortable. But that's not a problem either. Because God has sent you the comforter. What do you need a comforter swinging on your hammock, sucking lemonade, watching the ball game. You don't need a comforter for that. But God says, no, if you're going to follow me, he said, I'm going to send you a comfort because I'm going to send you where the wolves and the lions are. And God says, don't have any problem. I'm going to give you the comforter, one who will keep you comforted in the midst of that scary world. This is the church. This is Christianity. This is the truth. Now, as they sing, your job is, Red pill, blue pill. Red pill, blue. If you're a visitor and you're like, I can't wait till I get the heck out of here, then all right, take the blue pill. But if you're a visitor and you're like, gosh, I think you're on to something, I'm telling you, take the red pill. The red pill represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blue pill represents denial. And for those of you who belong to this church, as we sing this song, you come to this altar and you stand and you sing with us. And you belt that song out as hard as you can. Who oh, I've come to tell you he's alive. And then in your little sphere of influence, people, neighbors, friends, buddies, pals, family, tell them. Tell them over and over and over and over. Let's all stand as we get ready. Every one of you have a decision here this morning. The church, you know your decision. You are not talking. You are not praying. You're not witnessing because we don't have the courage to do it. It's obvious. We're lacking that. You get it through reading the Word, spending time with God, making a commitment to the house of God. Pastor, you can count on me. I'll gladly spend and be spent. Those of you who come because of Eastern visitor and family, you need to come and say, I've, been, I've never been told this. Or maybe it, uh, it's a little bit of a confirmation. You're thinking, you know what? I think I have been lied to. My life's in disarray. I don't trust any politician anymore. I don't trust anything they're saying. Then you come and you put all your eggs in the basket of the gospel, and God will take care of you. 
He will lead you and guide you. He will feed you. He will give you truth. He will protect you. He will give you the comforter. He will give you boldness and guts. He'll give you a purpose. Or, friends and visitors, take the blue pill. And we'll see you next Easter. We're going to start that music. And I'm asking, I am, I'm putting you on the spot this Easter. You step up. You step up. And if you're new here and I don't know you, you raise your hand. Say, I want, I want to, please pray. Pray with me. Pray for me. Please help me. I don't want to be lied to anymore. And I will. Philip. Cut some of these lights, please. Church, visitors, friends. So I've come. Tell you he's alive. Microphone on. Thank you. If you're someone that needs prayer, you got to wave that hand. Let us know. Let us see. Amen. Yes. Don't let them take Easter from you. Amen. Yes. In my. For you.